0: Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. Your favorite church unity podcast.
1: Probably.
0: If you want to hear from pastors, professors, and everything in between. Right, sure. And, you know, the occasional train talk.
2: Right, right, yeah. Uh, Have we got the podcast for you.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you may have heard of Big John. Some of you might even know an average-sized John. Most of you probably know Little John. But today, we present to you, as your host, the one, the only, Tiberius Juan. That was awful. You're welcome. I love you. <laughs> yeah, Today uh, is our 50th episode. TJ, did you know that? I did know that. 5 Mm-hmm. That's how the you spell five, it. number 5 followed by the number 0. That's where yeah. we're at. Yeah. Um, really exciting. Just uh, jump right in. We have a lot of really cool guests today um, from all kinds of different denominations and beliefs within Christianity. And, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. So without me rambling any longer, TJ, you want to tell them our
2: needs? Right. We need your support. Uh, follow us on our social medias. We are soon to hire a new social media coordinator. A good friend of mine said he would be willing to do it. Praise God. So expect that to get exponentially better soon, uh, or hopefully by the time this episode comes out. Hopefully, <laughs> it's already better. And after you follow us on our socials, uh, when we release an episode, it would help a lot if you would share it, comment on it, like it, uh, send all us of money, your friends in the comments, right? Uh, write your routing number in the comments, yeah. social security, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, of course, uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get access to uh, a fair amount of, you know, fresh, never-seen-before content. Yeah.
0: In fact, TJ, um, one of our patrons who tried to make the call today, but his power went out.
3: Is that what happened?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He texted me a question for us. So, uh, Russell, our beloved patron, one of only a handful that you could join has asked whether the quarantine has made it harder to make podcasts.
3: I'll let you answer first, DJ.
2: So, I would say it does make it harder in some aspects and easier in others. Uh, and if you haven't noticed by now, we went back after we finished recording with our guests to do this intro. <laughs> that is a problem that only happens in quarantine so far.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, yes. Yeah,
2: go
0: ahead. I was just going to say, but it, it does make it a little easier because, you know, without quarantine, I don't think I would have ever bothered signing up for Zoom and we would have never had this
3: many guests on one call. No. So that's, it's kind of cool too. But we could have had our banquet. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I almost forgot that we were going to do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that is your answer, Mr. Russell. And without further ado, here is your
1: 50th episode celebration extravaganza. All right, my silly question is, if you could have any type of animal tail, what animal tail would you have? Mm. Oh,
3: just
2: like the tail of an animal? Yes, sir. Alright. So... Oh, you can go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, you know, I think I'm gonna go with the dolphin
1: too.
0: me with uh, some of my aquatic interests, you know, swimming. I won't have to take the ferry to Cumberland Island anymore, my favorite uh, vacation spot. I can just swim there. That'd be cool.
2: Right. So, in this scenario, is it like just the animal's tail and like nothing else? Is it scaled to how strong we are?
1: I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to use some uh, some imagination.
2: Right, okay. Uh, so, I might choose a possum's tail. Because you know, it's, it's prehensile. They can use it to hang from trees and stuff. And I don't want to, like... I don't want to have to use that much shampoo on a whole new body part. So I don't want, like, a monkey's tail. <laughs> but I still think it'd be cool to be able to, you know have like a whole other arm. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the possum tail. What a good question, Father John. That was yeah. yeah I love that actually.
1: Fifteen years of youth ministry.
2: <laughs> Praise <laughs> God.
0: God. <laughs> uh, anybody else have a silly question for me or TJ? I turn the tables on ourselves. Alright, yeah, uh, the Hawkins. Um, Mr and Miss Hawkins, the Jacob and Tyra, we're on episode eighteen Mormon talk, uh, they have a silly question for us.
4: Alright, you're in an airplane, and they're going to throw you out with no parachute. You can have anything that fits in a
2: backpack to take with you. What would you take? Hmm. TJ, I'm going to answer first. So, I can have anything that does fit in a backpack, but they didn't give me a parachute. Yes. (laughs) So, can I put my own parachute in a backpack?
4: No you cannot.
2: Duh. Well.
5: A Bible? Alright, <laughs> good. A Bible and a quick prayer. <laughs> Alright. Do they do
0: they make drones strong enough that would could help me with my fall? Does anybody know
2: that? Not that are big enough or small enough to fit in a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> jetpack? Are, are those?
4: Well, I like for the corner a jetpack.
3: Like, uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go with jetpack. Let's
1: go with that briefcase that turns into his suit.
2: Where's yeah. Iron Man suit? Perfect. <laughs> oh, wait. Does a, does a wingsuit fit into a backpack?
6: I think it would.
2: Okay, I'm gonna pick a wingsuit because that that'd be pretty <laughs> awesome, and I'd also guy. probably not die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know how to fly a jetpack. I, I'll probably still die,
2: but, you know, for a shot. We should let break. you guys ride our questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. great. You know, of course, we do our god moment of the insert time frame here. That's a good thing. Yeah. Gets a little drawn on. Uh, <laughs> and it's a cou- a few people, I know, it's their favorite part of the podcast. Uh, so we just wanted everyone to go around And uh, have a chance to briefly let us all know what God's been doing for you recently.
0: or You know, since you've been on the podcast, for some of y'all, it's been a while.
2: Yeah. I'll go
0: ahead and start with uh, Dr. Peter Link. He was on episode 11 with Dr. Beck, who we'll hear from shortly, titled Tribalism and Idolatry Talk.
7: Uh, The primary thing that that I'm learning is just how uh, insufficient I am for the task. And any sense of control, any sense uh, of being able to to find sufficiency in myself is gone. Um, So this is one of the the nice things about the gospel is it meets us in in the good times of life and the bad times of life. And when you enter into a pandemic, I can remember we were actually in Florida on vacation at my in-laws. And the night I realized when the NBA and uh, college football and college basketball were all shutting down, um, I guess we call it was college basketball, not college football, were all shutting down. I remember on my, that night on my phone checking the news, just realizing and processing how everything I could see was going to change. And and so for me, it was a very, very important moment because, to be honest, I, I kind of like plans. I kind of like – uh, this is where I'm headed, and I know how to handle this part. But I think for most of America, most believers in America in particular, um, that, uh, that pressure in our side that's been there, um, the joy we can take in this is that it allows us and allows me to encounter God in a way that I would not have encountered him otherwise. So for me, uh, it has been a, a time of learning not to be anxious. Um, we all say, well, I should be anxious for no, nothing, but everything by prayer petition, give your request to God. It's one thing to know that intellectually, but to walk in that knowing that, uh, things that you thought were normally going to be a pattern of life are instantly gone in trying to map out what everyone's going to be doing over the next few months, even now. Uh, there are far too many things beyond our control. So learning to enjoy Christ rather than the things Rather than the things that I can control, that's kind of what, what I've been uh, wrestling with.
0: Awesome, awesome. That's good. Thank that's you. Really uh, you solid. know, yeah, it's um, it's really touching when you hear people who you know you look up to, like I, I look up to Doctor Link a lot. When their you know God moment is something humbling, you know, in my mind. Like you expect them to be like, actually, I was delving really deep into this one Hebrew word, and then like <laughs> blowing your mind. But then when they turn around and said, say, actually, I've been humble, it's, it's almost like a double humility
2: on me. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's really powerful. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. Oh, he's smarter than me, and he's more humble than me. Great. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh,
7: y'all are too kind. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think what prepares you for those moments is what you're doing day in and day out. I mean, I always teach my students that you cannot prepare – your theology of suffering in the midst of the suffering. It just isn't going to work. You have to consciously uh, think through the shape of the gospel because you will eventually, all of us get moments where we get shaken. And and you were talking about somebody who humbled me. I can remember my mentor who knew the Bible better than I did, uh, than I ever will. Uh, as we were going through this rather detailed and extensive seminar, he just kind of paused and said at one point, he said, you know, the Lord has a way of humbling us all. So uh, he was right then, and, and uh, he's with the Lord now. So that's a good thing.
3: Wow. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, some some big words.
0: I <laughs> mean, big, big shoes to fill.
3: You're,
8: yeah.
0: Um, Reverend Keno, I'm taking on you next. Reverend Keno Kennedy was with us for episode 34, titled AME Zion Talk. And also episode forty-eight, which as recording this we haven't published yet, but it's uh, going to be called Hashtag Black Lives Matter Talk, is part of that panel that we just did. Um you Kino, what's what's God been up to with you lately?
8: Um, so um I have just completed my first pastoral charge, uh, first year. Oh. And um it has been a whirlwind experience. Um, just trying to mitigate and navigate, especially during this this time and this season. Um, one of the things I really believe that God has showed me is that I have to learn to adapt and not be so rigid about my own schedule. Um, reason being is um, we have been doing our services online. And trying to <laughs> really preach to a camera is different to preaching to an audience. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, I guess that's something everybody's facing recently, right? That or, um, you know, I know some people do drive in different different things. Everybody's being creative. I'm sure it's a challenging experience for everyone. Yeah, and, um, you know, you said it's your first year preaching. It's, uh, it's weird to me that being, you know, newly married and immediately pandemic hits and it's like oh yeah this is interesting let's, let's see how this works
2: out <laughs> so far it's been great it's like, yeah, yeah. Can't turns out that yeah. that part where they say through thick and through thin the, the thick comes pretty much immediately yeah that, that's, that's yeah. how we started off anyway I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's good stuff good stuff
0: um, see we haven't heard from Dr. Beck yet Dr. Peter Beck was uh, again he was on episode 11 with Dr. Link Dr. Beck what's God been up to with you lately
5: Well, it's been like for everybody else, challenging, you know, pastoring, same thing that I think it was Kino just mentioned, you know, trying to figure out how to pastor remotely when you're very much hands on interpersonal kind of method. I mean, I'm a teacher first, obviously, but, you know, how do you react when you can't see how they're reacting? How do you pace? But, you know, compound that with the reality that Dr. Link and I also dealt with the same challenges with students online And basically, you know, while we were able to finish the semester, lost the semester in one sense. And then throw in, I think it was, you just said, Josh, my son just got married a week and a half ago. We had two college graduations and a high school graduation. And so basically to echo what Dr. Link said, my entire spring has been nothing like I would have ever imagined, wrote the story, scripted it. And so it has been a, a character, either development or at least soul searching kind of you know, spring for me. But I came across a quote the other day. I don't know if you're familiar with Bart Barber out of Texas. Bart's a Texas pastor, does a lot of tweeting and a lot of blogging. But he posted a quote, I think it was yesterday, that struck me as kind of a good reminder for me to think through this whole semester. And it says, be careful not to choose doing great things over having great character. The temptation can be subtle, but it's always dangerous. And for a goal-oriented person like myself who wants to have a big impact in the world, you know, I've realized during this how much impact I have in areas I didn't realize I had. But it's also been a good reminder to just back up and ask myself once in a while, what is it really, I think, is the measure of success? And is that really what God considers that measure? And it's been humbling. It's been frustrating. And it's been, in many ways, not a depressing time, but it's been a spiritually challenging time of just trying to figure out where I am and how do I proceed, especially as Dr. Lincoln and I have been you know, messaging behind the scenes on email recently. What are we going to do if this fall semester turns out to be the same exact way again? You know, where's my identity? Is my identity in Peter Beck in the classroom or is it in Christ? And what does that look like when I can't do what I thought I was called to do? So what's, uh,
3: have
0: you come up with any good answers
5: yet? No, I'm waiting for somebody to figure it out for me. <laughs> uh,
0: someone's just gotta gotta let you know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just send me a memo. We'll be good. All right. So, uh, for anyone listening, if you have the answer yeah. to you know this or anything in life's problems, please email us. Yeah, let us know. Awesome, awesome. Um, let's see. Let's hear from Mr. and Ms. Hawkins.
6: Well, um, it's been interesting here because we have five kids, and they. They were all home uh, at the very beginning of this pandemic. And um, with our worship services, they were all canceled. And so as parents, um, that responsibility fell upon us on Sunday. So I think it's been interesting to see my relationship with God become more urgent and I've had to be more sensitive to his guidance because on Sundays we were in charge. We were in charge of what spirituality our children were going to get and what we were going to have. And so um, it's been awesome to pray and to fill the spirit and to study our scriptures and prepare our own messages for our kids and to have our kids prepare messages and sing hymns in our own home and have the sacrament in our home and, and to make sure that that an important part of our lives because it could have been really easy to just like let Sunday become a regular day because the days during this pandemic just kind of all seemed the same you know it's like the same thing over and over but like I just I just kept feeling like that day needed to be special it needed to be different and so that's been awesome for us to pull together as a family and to make sure God was still in our home still in our lives that we paused everything and focused on him. And then another a scripture that just has totally helped me through this is 2 Timothy 1 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that has just like gone over and over in my mind as scary things are happening in our world, as the pandemic and um, our government, and there's so many things that are out of our control. But But God, when we have him in our lives, he doesn't make us feel full of fear. He helps us to find that power, love, and a sound mind. So I feel like God really focused my thoughts on that scripture, and it's helped me so much as a mom to um, continue to feel that peace.
4: And I, I think about that scripture, if you look around the world, I think for the most part, everyone is seeking happiness. And the world will try to misdirect you and tell you if you want happiness and have more money in your bank account or drive a nicer car or live in a bigger house or wear nicer clothes or spend your time with these people. And the truth is none of those external things can ever replace the peace that comes from having Christ and God in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that there's, as a country and as a world, we're going through a humbling time right now that I hope as people go through these times it will turn people to God and will humble them and help them remember who our father in heaven is and the fact that we are his children and that he loves us. And if we'll turn to him, he can comfort us in a way that no one else and nothing else can. That's that's true.
0: You know, that verse, um, God's not given a spirit of fear and stuff. That's actually meant a whole lot to me. Is uh, I know most of y'all know, and most of our um, audience is probably aware that I've had a, uh, big car accident and going into my third brain surgery or second brain surgery, that was the verse that kind of stuck with me. So it's really, really powerful verse to think about. Not just, you know, during the pandemic, any time of suffering or fear, it's just, it's a great verse. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and we just had sister Rose join us. Sister Rose is on episode 37 from titled body surfing holidays and breakfast talk, as well as episode 47 the Confession, Clones,
9: and Pentecost talk. You know, many people talk about how difficult staying inside has been. And for me, um, it's absolutely been a wonderful time. Um, I've been able to um, have time for prayer. I mean, the the internet has been wonderful for live streaming. <laughs> um, I have had my choice of... of services to attend and to be fed um -hmm. and so i'm very grateful for that but there's been a lot of difficult things that we've all had to deal with and i don't know if some of the things that are going on at the university of north carolina at wilmington but we have um a couple of issues with uh professors who are full of hateful a professor full of hateful speech and so, you know, I've spent a lot of time trying to uh, talk with students and other faculty. So all of that's been going on. And then I received a phone call from a former student. And she invited me. She said, she me down to the beach. So this brings you back to my first episode. Today. <laughs> it's been two years, my friend. But I went to wow. the beach at eight o'clock this morning and praised God as I dove in the water and had some very good waves to ride. And it has it has lifted my spirits, um, you know, and um, I'm very grateful. I mean, I have had I've had it's been a fruitful experience. But to be able to be outside, to breathe the salt air, the sun even came out, and the, the waves were perfect.
2: Awesome, awesome. That's and for those of you... For a moment and a half. Yeah, and for those of you who aren't aware, the title of her first episode wasn't a joke. She was actually body surfing. That's, <laughs> that's one of her nice, you know, nun hobbies. Yeah, just stuff that yeah. she likes to do. It's
0: great stuff. It's always awesome to hear from you. Um,
9: I and you- it's also fun. It makes it much more exciting to me because I am visually impaired. So I came that way. It's not new. So I've, <laughs> I've been... I've been riding blind since I since I started riding.
0: Yeah, living on the edge, even when it's not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, good stuff, good stuff. I see Brother Tim Coulter, or Bishop Tim Coulter, who is uh, the general presbyter of me and TJ's organization, actually. He was just joined the call. Um, Brother Coulter, right now we're asking everybody what God's been up to in their life since they were on. Uh, Brother Bishop Coulter was on episode 15, Serving Together Talk was the title. By the way,
10: congratulations on uh, on this landmark episode.
0: Yeah, fifty. It's a uh, it's a big one for us. You guys I must be getting old, no. is all I can say. <laughs> yeah, we uh we're uh what was I gonna say we're per- perseverers.
10: That's what we yeah, are. <laughs> we just yeah. keep doing this. No, the just, uh, the last few months for us, uh, as with uh, everybody. You know, we've been navigating through this COVID uh, pandemic. Uh, we have over 1,700 local church congregations in North America that uh, I'm connected with, and uh, to see uh, to see our pastors uh, engage at a different level in their communities and their churches has just been very encouraging. I've uh, I've I've made the statement, and it's been my observation that I think we're probably looking more like the uh, church of Acts than we ever have, so it's it's an exciting time in the midst of uh, great adversity. Yeah, it's uh, we're forced to do home groups and lead in smaller
0: areas because of the pandemic, and it's uh, oh, well, I think it's it's not just a challenge for the church; it's an opportunity, right? Absolutely, um, I'm excited to see what the church does with this, and think um, even in long term, I think everything's going to change one way or another, and
10: I'm kind of excited to see how it does. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when uh, in the aftermath of 9-11, uh, we probably, many people don't even remember what airports were like prior to that time, but things changed forever as a result of that. And I think we're going to see the same thing with this pandemic. We're going to face some changes uh, where we won't go back to the way, just the way it used to be. And I, I really, as far as church life is concerned, I hope that we don't just pick up where we left off. I think it's mm-hmm. an opportunity for for a new beginning, almost like a uh, uh, like a restart. So uh, uh, I'm I'm hoping that our pastors and, and local churches will take advantage of this opportunity to rediscover and reinvent some level of ministry. Oh, yeah. Right, oh, for sure.
2: Um, Personally, I, I really like the drive-in churches thing. <laughs> I think that <laughs> yeah. should be an option for for future you know Sundays.
0: I also want drive-in really
2: theaters cool. though. Just I just like that. It's good for me. <laughs> yeah, I just you like know, the, sitting the, in my car a lot, apparently. Yeah. yeah. The, the
10: drive-in churches, <laughs> the online presence. Uh, you know, remember the children of Israel, uh, they would have these annual feasts where they would have to, uh, this feast would commemorate what had happened in the past and they would have to uh, uh, do those same things that they did when they were going through those crisis. Uh, I think it'd be a great thing for us to have you know, an occasional service in the parking lot, like we had to during the pandemic, just to remember, uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. what God did for us. And, and some of these things, you know, I've heard of pastors that just have less than a hundred in their churches and they're reaching hundreds either with drive in or with online services. So, uh, you know, while I'm sure that folks are itching to get back into their churches, I hope we don't just go back in the four walls and, and hibernate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good word. Um, before we move on to the next
0: segment, uh, Father Jonathan, did you want to let us know what God's been up to in your life
1: recently? Yes, uh, it's been quite a quite a half year so far, hasn't it? Uh, it's, um, it's, it's been, for sure. <laughs> some uh, some personal uh, struggles and difficulties have exacerbated that for me, and in the midst of that, I found quite a bit of comfort in uh, with. Intentionally reading the scriptures with some mm-hmm. uh, um, some greater abundance than I, I normally have time for. Being home and be, working mostly as uh, uh, online, making videos and, and and things like that, and and all of our services. Although we would go into the church to broadcast them, uh, we had a I had a lot of time at home. Uh, with most of my interactions with the community, other than phone calls to check in on them, uh, was just to. to to provide uh, daily spiritual reflections on our YouTube channel and our uh, other social media outlets. And uh, in the midst of that, uh, and really recognizing in the midst of the struggles that we're all facing and my own personal struggles, uh, that I was finding my heart somewhat broken, uh, broken because of my, my shortcomings, broken because um, of choices i made in my life uh, along the way. And uh, and I was reminded of something that a professor told me probably 15 years ago, um, and, and I, it never struck me as much as it did until this period of time. And it is uh, from Psalm 51, the verse where we read, uh, I think it's verse 17, uh, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And it, what he said was two things, and those really struck me in this time. One is God's sacrifices, his, his own willingness to be broken for us, and, and, and Jesus Christ, of course. And what we have to offer God, since everything is gift, everything we receive is gift. The only thing that is ours to claim is our own suffering, our own broken hearts. And so, as mm-hmm. I as I held my broken heart during these past several months. I recognized that it was something that I could carefully offer up to the Lord and knowing He would receive it. And in that reception of it to heal it. And in the process of, of doing so, I've had this experience of my, my broken heart healing, healing. Yeah, although it's still in need of some nursing along the way. <laughs> um, certainly having this experience of, of recognizing my uh my absolute limitations and my my own shortcomings and the own brokenness of 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 my person but offering it up to a god who is the physician of our souls and our bodies mm-hmm. and um, and to be and to be held in that embrace um, has been has been a powerful experience during these uh these past several months so that's what's going on for me yeah
0: well, this is it's a good word that's you talk about the online ministries and everybody's kind of mentioning that i guess they like- it's something that, you know, as a, as a lay person, I really love because I kind of, kind of get to pick and choose, you know, instead of just having one service on Sunday, I'm like, hmm, I'm going to listen to uh, my church, you know, and then uh, afterwards I might listen to, uh, one of my professor's churches or I might listen to my Godfather's church or, you know, there's, I, I follow a lot of different ministries on Facebook and all of a sudden, you know, everybody is doing the online thing. So I'm like, oh, now I can just hear everybody. It's great. <laughs> so I have something I've really appreciated. Maybe, that's part of the key to church unity.
2: We're yeah, all online. Maybe <laughs> We're all the, maybe the whole Netflix for the church thing is a good idea after all. Yeah, it turns well. out. <laughs> all right, uh, so incredible God moments, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, we will now move on to our words of encouragement section. We just wanted to ask you all to give a quick word of encouragement to our listeners. And to us. Take that what you will. We
0: need to be encouraged.
2: We're listeners, we can.
0: Yeah, everybody encouraged TJ, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> that that would, would be just great make TJ feel better. That would, that would be a great... <laughs> no, no, it's a, no, it is important that we hear from all of you just words of encouragement, just ideas of um, just to uplift people. You know, it's the 50th episode. We just kind of wanted to celebrate that. And what better way than to encourage our listeners, right? Listen, let's start with Bishop Coulter. Uh, Bishop Coulter, do you have any words of encouragement for
10: our audience today? You know, a verse that comes to mind is, is he that has begun a good work in you is able to complete it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think in what God has done in you guys in, uh, in this podcast and the, the multitude of folks that you're reaching, the diversity, uh, God has a purpose for that. And, uh, I don't know where your heart is for your future, but whatever God intended when he's, when you started this, he's able to bring it to completion. I remember a song um years ago He said he didn't bring you this far, he didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't teach us to swim, to let us drown. He didn't build his home in us to move away. He didn't lift us up to let us down. So just be encouraged to know that not only is he your alpha, he's your omega. He's your beginning and your end. So be encouraged by that. Amen.
3: Thank you. That was
10: God powerful. Yeah. Man.
0: All, All right. right, uh so uh next let's uh let's go back to dr beck dr beck do you have any any words of encouragement for those listening or for tj
5: first of all tj you look marvelous
2: Amen. thank you <laughs> better than i usually do that's for certain uh, i wasn't going
5: to bring that up but yes
2: awesome
5: uh, just two thoughts you know two little sound bites if you will one is you know a good reminder for all of us in particular my son and daughter-in-law they got married and moved away but for all of us as we deal with these kind of circumstances well beyond our control is that, you know, the reminder that we don't control our circumstances, the only thing that we can control is our response. And so, you know, we're being measured. People are watching, gauging our faith oftentimes by how we handle these things. And I'm afraid at times as you look at social media, many of us have blown it.
3: And so, mm-hmm.
5: you know, I've taken the opposite tack maybe unhelpfully where I've limited my social media presence for the last couple months. To mainly just family issues and you know my hobby on the side, but just to remember that we never have been able really to control our circumstances. It's an illusion, but it's you know how we respond that matters. Mm. The other soundbite ism that I would add here is is and it's a good reminder from again myself, if nothing else, and that is you know, ultimately we're not gonna be measured in terms of our success, in terms of how much we've accomplished but in terms of how faithful we've been with what we've been given. And so, you know, as the circumstances have changed, you know, what I thought was success or failure as a pastor or professor has changed over the last several months. And now, you know, all of a sudden the question becomes, okay, not how many students passed or how many of them gave me thank you cards at the end of the semester. But the question is, did I do all that I could with what God has given me and given him the glory in the process? And then, as I often say about evangelism, leave the rest up to him. And so this has been a good, again, we've heard several of us use the word humbling season, is we've all had to kind of back think about why we do what we do and ultimately who we really do it for. And so just remember, it's our faithfulness that matters more so than the numbers that we often try to use to measure our success. I mean, that's a. That's both encouraging and challenging, you
0: know, <laughs> Run, running a podcast, you know, a lot of times me and TJ, I guess we kind of get hooked up on the, okay, what did we do here that made more people listen? Because, you know, it's, it's part of doing anything online, but uh, I guess you can get too hooked up on that. Forget I, what you're doing.
5: I forget who said it originally, probably a thousand preachers have claimed credit for it. But, you <laughs> you know, we, but we talk about, you know, the fact that you must first preach the sermon to yourself. And so... You know, as you studied your sermon prepper for all of us have been preaching to, you know, to computer screens over the last several months. You know, we're doing Bible devotions weekdays at our church, little 10 minute snippets five days a week or four days a week now. And I've been working through the Psalms. You know, I can look at Facebook and gauge how many people were exposed to it. I can't really tell how many people truly watched it. But the reality is those Psalms have been as much for me to learn from as I've been going through them. Because then, you know, somebody else at the other end, it's almost as though it's become bonus if it blesses somebody else. Yeah. Well, and that's,
0: yeah, that's good. It's, it's something, you know, today with our 50th episode, I've been re-listening to some of our old episodes of the podcast and stuff and just kind of getting just different pieces here and there while I do other things. And it is, it's something that I realized was, you know, if we haven't reached anybody else, just going back from the beginning, you can kind of tell they I wasn't willing to go places in some of the earlier episodes where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say we can't be united if you don't believe this. And and as we've continued, I was like, you know what? No, the Bible is the Bible. This is the truth. And I stood up more. I feel like I've been a little bit more bold. I know. In the beginning, first episodes, TJ wasn't even on there. And then he was on there. Mm-hmm. And then he was on there. And, you know, his God moments were stuff like, I got a big cup. And lately, his I God moments are, is, man, I got to stop that thinking. Yeah, it, it wasn't good God moments. But you, you know what I mean. Like, you, you can tell we've progressed through this. So if nothing else, maybe this was for us. Maybe you all are here to encourage TJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Dr. Bed. That was, that was a great word. Um, it's uh, see. Sister Rose, do you have any words of encouragement for our listeners today?
9: There's a couple things I've been thinking about. Um, often I say to the students, um, you know, this isn't what we planned but it's how we live it that matters and that we are all pilgrims. You know, we're all on a journey and our journey is towards God. And, you know, where we have to some degree been running an autopilot, you know, what this pandemic has done, what the, you know, the civil unrest has done is it really has shaken us up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a choice, you know, and I think this is where, um, we really, you know, when we say that we're followers of Christ, um, this is, this is an opportunity. This is and within the crisis comes opportunity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it gives us an opportunity to give an account for our hope, you know, the hope that is within us. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, old friend of mine who has gone home to God who said, you know, if you want to be a follower of Christ, you better, you better look good on wood. <laughs> um, and, you know, sometimes that happens. You know, we're called mm-hmm. to become more compassionate. And if we look at the root of that, to come be compassionate is to suffer with, you know, to suffer with our brothers and sisters, to recognize and honor the suffering that's within us. Um, a lot of us aren't used to, um, suffering, you know, I I think, especially again, I, I spend my waking hours with, you know, undergraduates. Um, Mm -hmm. many of them are well acquainted with suffering, but sometimes we think that's, that's for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, but this has been, this has been one of those moments to say, you know, um, what is God calling us to? Mm-hmm. What is God calling us to with with respect to how we are just stewards of the planet that you know God has given us? You know how are we? You know who is our brother? Who is our sister? Who is our neighbor? Um, you know it, we're all, we're walking around in masks. Um, you know. W- What what does that affect? How does that affect us? I mean, I'm very conscious of, for myself, if I'm socially distancing, then I cannot see the person I'm speaking to. And what that has invited me to is to listen more deeply. You know, so um, in these challenging times, I think God is presenting us with great opportunities to trust, to walk by faith. And and to really witness to what it is we say we profess in a time when people are feeling great despair. Mm-hmm. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. It's definitely made me want to chew gum more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Weird. Let's see. Uh Dr. Link, did you
7: have any encouraging words for everybody today? I would want to go back to just the simple notion of living life with God. When you know I tell my students Fundamentally, what salvation is is living life with God. And part of the reason I do that, uh, and this is what of course what Christ gives us, this is uh, where, where we uh, have our lives transformed. But I go back to Mount Sinai and I just I think very uh, clearly about the, the burning bush, and uh, indeed, when we got the divine name, I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. And what it fundamentally means is two main ideas. I am with you, God's presence. And the other is that I am good to you. And when we really wrestle with the idea that God being present, that one he is present and two that his presence is actually always a good thing for humanity in the end, um, that gives us courage in a way that uh, helps us overcome the very understandable fears of the world. And so uh, my encouragement is is that no matter where you go, uh, God is present, he's at work, he's on his mission, his name will be lifted up, and if he's brought you there, he will not abandon you, he will not have forsaken wow. you. Amen.
3: You, know, you can tell, see, and having attended their classes
0: with Dr. Beck and Dr. Link, sometimes you know it gets very um, studious. It's fun hearing them outside of that. You're like, oh yeah, that's right, they are pastors, aren't they? <laughs> That was, that was a
8: really good word. Thank you for that. Um, Reverend Kino. Yes, um I will start off by reading Psalms 34, just verse 6. It says, the poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him from all of his troubles. And my encouraging word is to cry out to God in your suffering. Cry out to God in your confusion. Cry out to God in your displeasure in your angst and pains, let him know what it is that you're going through. Um in his book um, The Anatomy of the Soul, Kurt Thomas talks about confession helps bridge the relationship. It restores us in a way that we never realize until we do. And so I will say to anyone, just let God know what it is that you're going through and trust he will always see you through the end and stuff. That's an that's encouraging word there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Let's
0: see. Uh, would uh, Mr. and Miss Hawkins have anything encouraging they'd like to say
3: for our guests and TJ?
6: Sure. Um, I, the thought that we have hanging up in our, in our house, kind of our theme for this year, um, is if you trust in God and do your best, it will all work out. And it kind of is a common theme from what <coughs> some some of the other encouraging comments have been. But truly, if you trust in God, He knows where we're at. He knows what is going to happen. And in the end, all of this will work out. We know it all works out. So I think that's encouraging and that's helped me through. And then the other thing that, um, the other thought I had was how awesome this podcast is. I I feel super blessed. (laughs) I feel super blessed to be Associating with all these um, spiritual leaders and unifying in our belief in God and and our love for the for people and trying to pull people together um, to help them find peace in their lives is just it's a really powerful tool. And then I also love the thought of how during this pandemic we've been able to um, see and listen to other people's um, gospel preaching and and actually you know, online, go into their churches and hear their thoughts. And it's really expanded my understanding of what other churches believe and, and the feelings that they have from their preachers. And even just with my neighbors, like I've been able to understand more what their beliefs are because we've actually come out of our homes and waved at each other and talked from a distance, of course. But like, it's just been awesome to, to unify um, believers in God and, and to see that power that we can have if we don't, put up walls between us, but we find things that we both believe in that unify us. And I think God really wants us to do that during this time is not separate ourselves, but pull together because that's how we're going to fight the destructive forces. And and that's how we're going to find peace is, is together. So anyway, those Thank are my you. thoughts.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's, um, it's something that, uh, which I would encourage everybody listening. If, if you haven't heard all the episodes, the ones that we're listening that have uh, our guests today that were on previously, re-listen to some of those because I've been thinking about it throughout today. Today, I was like, wow, it's actually almost just, it's just crazy how diverse a group we have today. And when I think about all the different backgrounds of all these different people who believe in Jesus and people who are like, okay, we want to see the Church United. And, you know, of course, there's things with that. You have to have right belief, but it's
2: it's just really encouraging to think about. And if you're in the mood for listening, just go ahead and knock out the other forty nine. Yeah, <laughs> it should only just take you like a week. Yeah, you have to. If you listen to one a day, uh, you'll be done in like September okay. probably, because we'll be releasing more. Yeah, yeah, small project. <laughs>
1: um,
3: that's your homework. <laughs>
1: Uh, father Johnson. So, although there's many, many verses in Scripture, one of, the, one of them that's always encouraged me and stuck out comes from John chapter 17, and it's verse 3, and it's Christ offering a prayer to his father and speaking about how his father has empowered him, giving him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all those that he has given him. And then he... Gives the only definition as far as I know of what eternal life is in the whole of scripture. And this is eternal life. He says that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And so to know Christ, to know God is to experience the reality of eternal life. And as one of the other guests mentioned, Christ is the Alpha and the Omega, which sets him up outside of time, meaning that in our relationship with Christ, we can experience even for a moment the reality of the kingdom of heaven, which is to come, and we can live that reality and hold on to that reality at any moment. And being a Greek priest, of course, I'm going to make (laughs) connection to Greek language, but we've all probably heard the difference between uh, chronos, is chronological time, the passage of time, versus keros, which the most profound articulation of what that latter term means was uh, said by our patriarch in uh, Constantinople, uh, Patriarch Bartholomew. And he said that keros is a moment in time with eternal significance. And the beauty of our relationship with Christ is it can open us up to that moment at any time, open us up to that kingdom Mm. and his presence. And we can, by God's grace, carry that presence to others. And we're called to, we're called to be Christ's members in the world, meaning we are called to share the kingdom with a world that needs it. And we are, of course, the very first (laughs) in need sometimes of that, and it doesn't mean that we go out in the world in order to ourselves save it, but to participate in Christ-saving work in the midst of the world and hopefully making that square meter of space that we occupy at any given moment in chronological time to be a manifestation of the kingdom. Mm. And, uh, and if we can do that, perhaps some of the worries don't go away. Our f- fountain's head will be filled, our, our cups will be filled, and we can offer back to a world in great need the abundance which we have received.
0: Man, we should I know we could, we're going to get a, some deep stuff with that
1: segment.
0: <laughs> with yeah. us, it's good words, good words everybody. All
2: right, uh, I believe that's everyone. Uh, we're going to come to probably, you know, the easiest part. Uh, and the most important part of this episode, uh, we're gonna give you all one sentence uh, to solve church unity. Uh, so, we did speed rounds for a couple of you guys. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar. We ask you the question. You get one sentence to answer it. If you don't think you can answer it, normally you'd be allowed to say pass. Here, I think we're gonna make you try. Sorry. I have a stipulation. Sure. You're not allowed to repeat anyone else, and no, uh, no cop-outs.
0: No one gets to do the, uh, if we just love one another, sentence. Is
3: that fair?
2: Uh, we'll see. All right. <laughs> but uh, that being said, hope everyone understands. I'm just going to go in order as they appear. Uh, Bishop Tim Coulter, uh, would you like to solve church unity in one sentence?
10: Man, it's great to go first. That way there's no uh, no worry about <laughs> repeating someone.
2: Oh well, that was a good sentence. Thank you.
10: <laughs> <laughs> Unity is Jesus, that we may be one in Him.
2: Very good. Very concise. All right. Well, you didn't struggle at all. I kind of hoped you would. That's Thank the you. The
10: privilege you of go going first.
2: The privilege of being a general presbyter. Uh, the Hawkins family. Uh, I guess you guys technically get two sentences.
4: <laughs> all right, I, I think that we need pe- people need to be in the scriptures more understanding what God expects of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good.
6: And I think we should all get together more often and have more barbecues and connect.
2: All right. Amen. Mm-hmm. Very good <laughs> practical solution.
6: <laughs> Thank you.
2: All right, thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Beck.
5: Until we develop the skill of empathy, we will never have unity.
2: Mm, profound. You should be a teacher or something. Very good. Uh, Dr. Link, please.
7: As we walk in the Great Commission, we must also walk in the Great Commandments.
2: Wow. You guys were really prepared for this and uh, it's kind of taking all the fun out of it. You're all just too smart. All right, uh, Father Jonathan, please solve church unity in one sentence.
1: If we remember that we have a story and our communities have a story and every other community and its members have a story, then if we learn one another's story in relationship to one another, we will come to understanding, relationality, and hopefully unity.
0: You know, I forget. He does that
1: uh, sentence with a lot of punctuation. You, re- you remember that from his episode?
0: <laughs> He's like, okay, am I out colons and semicolons."
1: There was an M dash in there, I think. And
0: up
2: there was. <laughs> Incredible. Perfect. Alright, uh, Brother Keno Kennedy.
8: Just remember, we all reflect the Imago Dei, the image of God, we all look like who God is.
2: Alright. Short and sweet and to the point. You guys are really too good at this. <laughs> you guys should all have your own podcast about this. I'd listen to uh, it. Yeah. Uh, Sister Rose, uh, our final contender, would you like to one-up everyone else and solve church unity in one sentence or less? Yeah, that sentence can take five minutes if you
9: want. <laughs> it's very challenging to be the last one because um, <laughs> I, would, I would concur in that sense of our profound, when we can profoundly recognize that we are each created in the image of God, um, you know, we can begin to see each other as divine and um, as fellow beings. Fellow human beings loved by God.
0: Yeah, I think technically I concur. Is the sentence (laughs) there? We go.
2: That was good. Oh yeah. All right. Are we going to let her buy with that, TJ? I I think I'll allow it. Perfect. Well, thank you all for not being caught off guard at all. (laughs) Uh, Just prove that we should have had you all on the podcast. Hey, TJ. Could you solve church unity in one sentence for me? I I can, actually. Please do. That was it. That was the sentence. Oh, all right. Perfect. Uh, But really, uh, the best I can do, I am no great philosopher. I am no remarkable thinker of religion. Uh, Just be unified. That's the best answer I can give you. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Oh, thanks. You know, I was going to say that
0: the reason no one could repeat the just love one another is because I said it in the beginning. But I think I'll let my sentence
3: be this. Ask more questions. All right. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of
0: times most of our disunity just comes from a lack of understanding one another or misconceptions about different beliefs. So that's what I learned from this podcast so far. Ask more questions.
4: All right. Yeah, I just, when you asked uh, the previous question, my wife um, shared the answer. It will all work out. The final thing that I would just say on that is, I think sometimes as we look around the world at what surrounds us, it's overwhelming. And one of the scripture stories I, I really love is Elisha in the Old Testament where Israel's in a battle with Syria and Syria knows that they have this prophet Elisha who is helping you know, tell the king where to send the armies to fight Syria and they keep being successful. So finally the king of Syria smarts up and says, let's take out the prophet. And so the prophet and a servant are sleeping in a tent and one morning they wake up and they come out of the tent and lo and behold, they're surrounded by an army of horses, chariots, and soldiers. Mm. And from a worldly perspective, it's game over for the prophet. And the the servant is is terrified and turns to the prophet, says, what are we gonna do? And the prophet prays that God would open the servant's eyes. He looks around and he sees the hills full of horses and chariots and fire around Elisha and says, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And I just I think it goes really well with so many of the the inspirational thoughts that came out in this podcast today. That if we allow God into our life, and if we turn our lives over to Him, it doesn't matter what we're surrounded by. It doesn't matter how much chaos there is. It doesn't matter what's happening around there. That that those who will be with us, God and His angels, will always be greater than than what the world can throw at us. So I just, I just would bear testimony that, that God is all powerful. He is our father in heaven. And that if we'll turn our lives to him, it, it, it really and truly will all work out. I was going to see
0: if anybody had a, you know, we did encouraging words for our listeners. Does anybody have a challenging word for our listeners? Uh,
2: everyone, uh, everyone of Able Body. I challenge you to go learn how to do a backflip. All
3: right.
2: <laughs> there we yep. go. Um,
5: Dr. Beck, did you have anything challenging for our listeners towards church unity? Oh, now you qualified and now you said it's towards church unity. Yeah. <laughs> Which question <laughs> is it? Is it challenging or towards challenging for church unity? Uh, both. Because otherwise, TJ's backflip. I mean, there's no unity in that except it's going to hurt us all. Yeah, well, call TJ. Yeah, let's, let's challenge TJ.
2: <laughs> if we can all unite and do this one activity together, does that – not on gender unity. <laughs> I
3: I don't know.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm left with no words here. <laughs> but, well I'm the host and I, I'm whoa. gonna say it counts. <laughs> okay, okay. You just <laughs> stay with right. that TJ. Yeah I would in one sense it's gonna sound like the cop out answer, but kind of go back to what was said earlier. I can't remember if it was the bishop or who had said something to this effect. But you know, one of my favorite—you know—I don't like life verses per se. There's a lot of verses in the Bible, and we need to you know make sure we know more than just one. But one of the ones that's been most influential for me has been Ezra 7:10. You know, the story of Ezra has been proceeding. The people have been returning from exile. Not many are returning. The ones who are returning are failing. And all of a sudden, we're introduced to Ezra at the beginning of chapter seven, and he's a priest. He's a son of a priest. He's a scribe. And then twice in the first ten verses. It says that God's good hand was on Ezra. And the picture seems to be that what Ezra attempted to do was successful. And so you could apply it to pastoral ministry. You could apply it to marriage. I'll come around and say, you could also apply it to our question of unity and you know racial harmony. How do we build these bridges across what seem to be right now, according to popular media, this unbridgeable gap? And then it says in verse 10 of Ezra chapter 7, why, in one sense, God was blessing Ezra with success. You know, it says, you know, for God's good hand was on him. And then verse 10 begins with for, F-O-R, often used for this is the because statement. And it says, for Ezra set his heart to study the law of the Lord, then to do it, Mm. and then to teach others to do it. And, you know, the H word in our culture, in our church culture today, is heresy. No, it's hypocrisy. And what we've seen is too many years, too many generations, too many church fellowships that were truly what we're often accused of, hypocrites. And if we would just study the word and then do it ourselves, then we become much more valuable and useful as teachers of the word to others. And so, you know, unity begins, so to speak, at home. You know, Mm. reconciliation begins with me and if I can't do it, others won't buy it when I tell them they need to.
10: Mm. So so
0: that challenging word really was directed to TJ, right? If he can't do it.
5: Exactly. TJ can't do the backflip without looking foolish. Nobody can.
0: Oh well. (laughs) I've got bad news for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your time so much, Dr. Beck. I really appreciate that. Um Dr.
7: Lee. So I I think the the greatest challenge uh, is going to be bound up in seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Um I think the reality is uh as Dr. Beck was just suggesting that uh, um we struggle with reconciliation because uh we often try to do things uh according to our own little fiefdoms. Mm. But to seek first the kingdom of God is to look at the barriers that we have set up. Everybody does that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to recognize that God's kingdom is greater. Not only what I can see and what I can know, but it push He calls me to seek Him first and push through those barriers. But not, not to push through the barrier in a sense. I'm like a, like a freight train going through a barrier, but in a sense of humbling ourselves to the point of death, even death on the cross. And just the risk involved in that is why racial reconciliation or other categories of racial reconciliation become very, very difficult. I'm more persuaded than ever that uh, racial reconciliation is one of the primary ways that we make visible the gospel of Christ to this generation. But I also believe that the that the issues surrounding it are far bigger than I envisioned even a few years ago. So what does that mean? Do I despair? No. I focus on the Lord. I seek him first and uh, let him shape me and through shaping me to shape others, as Dr. Beck said. It sounds something like Dr. Link
0: might should have been on that panel a couple episodes ago. <laughs> Those are good
8: words, good words. Um,
2: TJ, I challenge
8: you to challenge someone. Uh, Keno, brother Keno Kennedy. Uh, TJ, I, I challenge you to do the
2: moonwalk. Oh, I can already Amen. moonwalk. <laughs> Let her audience No, really. It. Put it on Instagram.
8: It's on my
3: Facebook.
8: <laughs> All right. Um, but no, I I what I would challenge, um, I would treat it as any anybody who I'll be doing marriage counseling with, premarital counseling with, and that is that let Christ be the bridge. I think the father said something about a bridge. And so let Christ be the bridge that brings everyone together. Yes, we have our own ideas. Yes we have our own issues. Yes we have our own notions. Yes we have our own backgrounds. But the one thing that we have in common is Christ. And so if we allow him to bridge us and bring us together then 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 We will find that we have more in common and we can work towards and come to to an agreement about versus those things that divide us.
2: All right. Amen. That's a good challenge. Uh, Father Jonathan.
1: This, this, the offered simple answer, like the easy answer was obviously love one another. Um, (laughs) but the challenge that I pose to that, because that is, again, a reality it means we actually have to love one another hmm. it can it, it it can't What's just be like? words spoken it's a it, it's when we know we know what love the experience of love is like for those that we we love and we have to have work to open our hearts up to others so i say it's taking a posture Again, of, let's say, hospitality, where we welcome others in love into our hearts, even when it's challenging. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we have to sit in that challenge because we can't just say love is the answer if we mm-hmm. don't actually love one another.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's something that's um, that word I guess is, is used a lot in like uh, public speaking or like you know, encouraging stuff. You know, people like to throw out the posture word, but when you really think about what that means, like what he was saying, to reposture yourself, that's pretty big. Yeah, um, which actually reminds me of uh, the last episode we did with Sister Rose, episode forty seven. We were talking about um, acts to, that go along with words. Right, you have to work out your salvation. Um, Sister Rose, did you have anything you want that to add, challenges? Yeah.
9: Mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about discourse within church congregations and civil society, and where we confine ourselves to binaries. You're either this or you're that. Um, and the categories go on and on and on, but... Um, I think that whole notion of finding that other way, finding finding the way, the Christ's way, um, which which often isn't this or that, but sometimes both end and sometimes challenging us to go beyond what we're comfortable with. Um you know, and maybe, surrend- maybe surrendering ideas, beliefs about others um, that we, we hold dear as secular scripture um, in order to really be um, taught and led by divine scripture. Um, and how we can do that perhaps is challenge ourselves to sit with somebody who we consider the other. Mm. Um, To ask the questions that you mentioned, Josh, you know, ask your questions. And the other part is to be humble enough to seek forgiveness. Um, When we have misjudged others, Or we, we have discovered some of our own prejudices within our hearts. And a lot of our prejudice comes from ignorance. And so we need to, to dare to risk to move ourselves to another place, a place that God, that, you know, Christ is leading us where once again, we can see each other as brother and sister and really understand what that means in a profound way. And that means coming out of our comfort zones um, or out of our echo chambers, which we can all inhabit. You know, to to re- to seek to really to seek the kingdom.
2: All right, uh, that does she, Sister Rose pretty much said it. But uh, at the end of this segment, I was going to surprise everyone with an actual challenge. Uh, but, you know, still learn how to do a backflip, of course. <laughs> uh, but I would like to challenge everyone to reach out to just a really interesting person. Let's do some research. The most interesting person you can think of. Reach if out I to, to guys. Get... Yeah. I, just, if, you're an, if you're an audience member, just, just reach out to one of our guests here today. They're awesome. Uh, but just... Find the most interesting person you can, and reach out to that person, or just learn about that person. Because I've never been disappointed learning something from interesting people. That's I think just- it could help us all grow as people.
0: Awesome on, TJ. Thank you. Great. Um, yeah, to, to everybody here, just I want to let you guys know we. Really appreciate you all, not just for being on this call, but the other episodes, and not just for that. Each of you have impacted our lives outside of the podcast. You know? We just really appreciate
2: each and every one of you. Thank you so much. And TJ's—that uh, I think that's it, right? Uh, that is all we had on the docket. Awesome. Also, I got to say the word docket.
0: Yes. <laughs> all right, thank you all.
3: Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you.
2: Thanks, guys. Thank Congratulations much. again. Thank you, yeah.
3: Big final. Thank
0: you. you know. We're over the hill now, DJ. <laughs> uh, that's 40, Josh. Oh. <laughs> 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 We've been over the hill. Do you want to do our guy moments, DJ? Sure. <laughs> what well,
2: you said you want to do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't do anything else, so. <laughs>
3: Yeah. All right. What's gotten done for you recently,
2: TJ? <laughs> uh, so recently, uh, technically this past week, but really the past couple months, I have been granted an, a remarkable perception of time. Uh, simply because the other day I woke up at 7.30 a.m., which is super normal for most people, uh, but not for unemployed people who are not currently in school, who, when they are in school, does not schedule a class for before 10 a.m. Yeah. So I woke up at 7.30, and I stayed awake. I went to bed at like 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. and was flabbergasted. At the amount of things I had time to do, it was absolutely incredible. Time really is a gift. It really is. In both that, Greek terms for time are gifts. Yeah. <laughs> that, that being said, do not squander this time that we're some of us are being granted by the the whole pandemic. Uh, a lot of people, myself included have taken a lot of this time as just free time to relax, which is a completely valid use for the time. Life gets busy, life gets hectic, relax. Uh, But also, there is no telling what you could learn to do with that time. Never
3: waste your free time. You know, I kind of already gave mine, but... I'm going to give it again anyway. It was
0: actually just earlier today, before the podcast, listening to different episodes in the background. And then after that, I actually just sat down for a little while. I reread Ephesians 4 and 5, because it's kind of been our theme chapters, and was listening to some worship music. And it was just, it was nice. It was really, I don't know, I've been really encouraged by this episode all day, just thinking about the fact that we've had members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We've had the General the Church of God of Prophecy, a Pentecostal church, two professors at a Baptist college. We had a father from the Greek church. We had a reverend from a Methodist church. We had a nun from the Catholic church. We had such a diverse group here, and it was just so encouraging to me to think about being like, wow, you know, we didn't solve church unity. This podcast isn't going to come out and the whole church just be one organization, right? But at the same time, it's allowed me to see, hey,
3: we might actually be doing something here. I don't know. It's just really encouraging
2: for me. That's, that's, that's a good God moment. Yeah. This episode was my <laughs> Oh, man. But,
0: uh, yeah. So did you want to wrap us up?
2: Uh, sure. And then Depending the- on how many of us are here, I will need an absolute ton of wrapping paper, but I will be glad to do it.
0: Yeah. Please. Please. Um, Are we going to do our 10-second segment with just me and you
4: after
0: the outro? Yes.
2: Alright, I wasn't sure what we what we were going to summarize, but I'm interested to see us try. Okay, please, please support us it. on Patreon to find out what that is. <laughs> and again, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Your support means so much to us, and we ask for your continued support, and please consider supporting us on Patreon to get access to that extra content. Also, follow us on our social medias. Uh, we post, Cheers. Yes. Uh, we post our episodes on our social medias when they come out. Uh, it would be an incredible help if you would share them on yours. Send them to people you think that would interest. I did. You know, thanks yeah. for listening. Um, Leave a comment. You Tell you? us what you hated. Oh, Yeah. Oh, Hey,
0: you know, I I would like to to mention a comment we got on SoundCloud. Well, praise God. Uh, It's been a while. I forgot the name of who it was. I just want to let you know that someone dropped a comment on one of them that I saw, and it literally was just the letters, uh, not the letters, sorry. It was literally just a capital D. Duh. Bomb. Period.
2: That was the whole comment. Incredible. It was fantastic.
0: Whoever you were,
2: thank you. Please give us more feedback like that. That's what we need. Yeah, if you have a
0: two-word comment, please
2: drop it. All right, that's about my yeah. taste. Yeah. All right. So, as far as future guests are concerned,
0: Father Jonathan's uh, going to be back talking about Genesis one through three.
2: Right. Thank you for that. Yeah. Father Jonathan will be here.
0: Um, my godfather, Brother Martin, is going to be a future guest. hmm Um, Pastor Gary is going to be back on to talk about our his view of sin, Genesis one through three.
2: Um,
3: who
0: else? you?
2: Uh, well, at the end of season one, uh, we will have one Mr. Francis Chan. Whoa, no way. Stop. Get out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just doesn't know it and hasn't agreed to it yet. But he will,
3: right? Uh, of course.